welcome to Entrepreneurs on Deck, What's in Your Pitch Deck podcast. So on this show, we are going to bring various uh, different type of guests from different backgrounds, uh, from different organizations that have their own story to be able to uh, you know, tell you and you, you, know, you can get inspired from. Uh, and to my right, I have this young lady here that has a, a phenomenal uh, company that's transforming the lives of people in the community and she's servicing uh, entrepreneurs uh, such, as you, uh, such as yours and such as I. Um, her company is Grow Your Nonprofit. So what does that mean? Uh, you're going to get some insights uh, uh, shortly. So with that being said, uh, this is our first episode uh, on becoming an entrepreneur, uh, what it takes and what does it mean to be an entrepreneur. Automatically, if you weren't already, automatically as an entrepreneur, you are a leader. And as a leader, you have to be educating yourself on a day-to-day basis for the rest of your life because things change opportunities are new and you have to you know stay ahead of the curve and, and be a part of that structure because if you're not doing that then you, you you're going to do yourself a disservice not only for yourself for your company and for the people that actually works for you uh so the beginning journey of your aunt of your entrepreneurship um where are you uh where do you want to go do you have a job uh when you start out or are you still working and, and, and hoping one day you'll make enough money with your side business to become a true entrepreneur. Or maybe you're the entrepreneur that creates multiple streams of income and and you somehow take advantage of all these opportunities to make money. Uh, I like to consider myself as a lifestyle entrepreneur. You know, what does that mean, a lifestyle entrepreneur? I think that's the guy that's really, uh, he he may have his own business, uh, he may have several business, but he has that freedom where um, you know, he has system that's working for him and he has assistants, executive assistants. He has people that's handling uh, his core business, but at the same time, is able to be out there. He's involved in real estate. He's involved in helping the community, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so I like I like that kind of freedom. You know, I, um, there's, there are, you know, I think there's like two types of entrepreneurs. There's like the technician. Uh, and, and there's the actual entrepreneur. The technician is the person that owns a business. Maybe they own, they have like a retail shop, and let's say it's a cafe or it's a restaurant. That person is gonna live in that business because that person don't really trust anybody to do the work appropriately. Like he's gonna, like he or she's gonna do it. Um, so that person right there is limited because if you're trying to expand and grow your business, you can't be the guy that knows it all and you know that's gonna produce. Uh, you know, in order for you to produce and scale your business and maybe open up a franchise one day, uh, you have to really uh, think about duplicating yourself or replicating yourself multiple times, basically 10x yourself or as much as possible. Uh, so I know uh, um, my uh, guests um, have a lot of ideas, um, have uh, has her own story that she's going to be able to put out there for you guys. So I'm going to introduce her. Her name is Tamika Seaton. Uh, she has the company called uh, Grow Your Nonprofit, and welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much, Wes. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, I, I thank you for being here, and uh, I am in this, in this wonderful studio podcast. And, and by the way, not only uh, the person on my right is the, is my guest, but um, she's actually the owner of this wonderful podcast studio that you are seeing right now. So, talk to me before you are going to as far as why you decided to create a podcast. Uh, a studio, uh, but talk to me about your business and what what drove you to doing that. 
Okay. So uh, Grow Your Nonprofit helps small startup and stagnant nonprofits. So startup, that's that nonprofit who is new. They just received their IRS determination letter. They're ready to go, but they don't quite understand how to run their nonprofit business or someone who wants to start a nonprofit and they need assistance with the paperwork and how to run a nonprofit, how to host a board meeting. So we help them with that strategic planning, fundraising strategies, uh, virtual, virtual and live events as well. So how did I get started? Well, I kind of fell into nonprofit. I don't know if there's a such thing as an accident because there's (laughs) always destiny, but I just, happened to serve on many boards locally as well as uh, volunteer for a lot of different events um, so uh, apparently when you're out there networking people are watching you yes everybody so you know <laughs> uh, image is everything right you, you only get 30 seconds to make an impression people are are looking at the way you look the way you dress the way you interact with people mm-hmm. this is when I lived in Naples I lived in Naples for 10 years originally from Los Angeles and now I reside in Fort Myers so during uh, my time in Naples I worked at Collier County government in transportation planning we planned um, the expansion of I-75 bike lane sidewalks all the growth you see in the area um, that's actually planned out in the 20-year horizon plan that's called the long range and short range plan specifically for Collier County. So from there, from there, I went over and I worked in the mayor's office for the city of Naples for about three years. I met a lot of people and just one day out of the blue, um, the, the CEO of the shelter for abused women and children in Naples reached out to me, um, asking me out for lunch because she had an opportunity. I'm like, okay. Oh, okay. I was, was going to say, that person wants a date. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's actually a female, right. but. Um, Doesn't matter I, now. I said, you know, I, I love to eat. You know, yeah. everybody loves to eat. So let's go out to lunch. Sure. So she just told me about this opportunity as senior development officer um, at the shelter. And I thought, like, why would she reach out to me? Because I have no fundraising experience. I right. never worked in the nonprofit. But. Apparently, I was a fundraiser because I was volunteering, raising money for organizations, but I didn't look at myself as a fundraiser. I didn't realize all the connections I was making in the community because it was fun to me. Right, okay. It was fun. Okay. So it was like... That's where it starts. You know, it has to be fun. Event. You know, it got to the point where I would plan events and grow it and raise more money, and people thought that I worked for that organization, <laughs> but I was like, no, I'm a volunteer. So make a long story short... They ended up offering me a position and I left and people thought I was nuts. They said, well, how could you leave working in the mayor's office? Because you you meet so many politicians. I was hosting delegations from uh, Russia, China, um, Saudi Arabia. And it was it was great. But I thought about it. I said, well, what could I do after this? Mayor? No, I don't want to be mayor. (laughs) So I said, well, this is an opportunity. I don't know where it's going to take me. So I'm a risk taker. So I took a leap of faith. Um, First thing they did was send me to the Indianapolis Indianapolis School of Philanthropy. It's called Lilly. It's one of the top fundraising schools in the country. So I went there for a week, received my fundraising certificate, got back and, you know, ran my department. I was in charge of plan giving. That's when you talk to donors to uh, ask them to leave you in their estate plans, their wills, 
um, their trust, that sort of thing. So I was in charge of that program. Also in charge of what's called Gentlemen Against Domestic Violence. That's when men stand together with women as equal partners to end domestic violence mm. because domestic violence is not just a woman's issue because most of the time the male is the perpetrator, right? Right. right. So um, that was uh, another one of the programs I was in charge in. So the, the commonality in all those things is everything that I do, did in my career, I always improved it. I always was able to raise more money. I was always able to improve the program. So from there, I got an opportunity to become um, a CEO of a, a free eye clinic. So I, I ran that clinic for about two years, was successful for that, to that, for that. And then I was the CEO of a mental health institution. And after that, the commonality was a continued growing, improving. You kept morphing. Yes. Like transforming yes. over and over. Exactly. Growing. Because I'm a problem, problem solver, so I enjoy challenges, right? Because my brain, I always have to be doing something. So after that ended... Um, I just thought about how hard I was working for everyone else. Right. And what was disturbing is that I was working hard for everyone else, but I wasn't in charge of my destiny. Mm. They were always in charge of my destiny. They were giving me the reviews. They were in charge of uh, my bonus if I had uh, met or exceeded my goal. Was I making great money? Absolutely. I had great benefits. I had a pension. I had all, all of the stuff that people you get so comfortable for and yeah. yeah you won't walk away and then me me being um an african-american female that was very rare especially in southwest florida right. to yeah. have climbed especially in southwest yeah florida, florida period <laughs> yeah so to have climbed because oftentimes i was always the only one in the room yeah always mostly always the only one of my kind in the room and at first it kind of felt uncomfortable, but I knew in order to be successful, I had to get used to feeling uncomfortable. Yes. You felt powerful too. I mean, being the, but think about it. You live in a, um, in a state where let's say it's predominantly a certain thing and you're, you're the only one of a certain color in that room. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel empowered actually being, knowing that I'm the only one here. Like why, why is my people not uh, thinking about elevation or, or you know, going into different you know cultures and societies and really seeing how other people are playing the game. Yeah. And you know, just just listening to your story, it's like um, it's almost like entrepreneurship uh, fell on your lap. But at the same time, you was in the process and training, like right. training along the way to become who are you becoming? Basically, right. you was becoming. You know, like that, yeah. uh, uh, you know, Michelle Obama's book. Uh, yeah, becoming. I was just about to mention that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like Michelle Obama's book, Becoming. Yeah. And I didn't realize it because I, I enjoyed it. See, that's, that's the thing about becoming an entrepreneur. You should never pursue anything for the money. It should be about the passion, yeah. and the money will come. Yeah. So it's a, it's, a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yes, and it's true. Um, I think that um, yeah, genuinely, if you're doing it like that, I think uh, the universe uh, automatic, automatically blesses you. Um, I think the people that is looking to do something in the art for money, um, you know, it, it fizzle out real quick. You know, you're, you know, if you don't have a purpose, if you don't have a passion, if you're not doing it to, you know, help society or the culture or the community, uh, I think at, at some point you die out and you burn out. But even for my business, um, I can do it for the next hundred years because my business has to do with 
uh, service in the community, helping people level up, you know, doing something that they thought they couldn't do. You know, I mean, they may have a five-year, ten-year goal, and I'm able to help them reach that five-year, ten-year goal within one year. And they say, wow, I didn't know, I, you know we can do it this way. Mm-hmm. And uh, it seems like, um, you know, you, you, you bumped into your purpose uh, without knowing you was bumping into your purpose. Like, when you think about uh, prior school or during school before you got into your career, uh, did you think you was going to end up on this side? No way. No way. You know, I went back to school as an adult. I graduated from Hodges University. Um, so for four years, I didn't have a life. I went to school evenings, weekends, and all of that. And my kids were really young at the time, too, when I did that. And my goal was just to get a college education and get a good job. Right. That's it. Get a college education and get a good job. But the more and more I worked and the more and more successful I became, I noticed that with my personality, creativity, always, I'm a change agent, always want to make things better. That doesn't always sit well with most people because they like the way things are. They like the status quo. The status quo. And I kept running into issues because... People, not issues, people. Yeah. So, and, and, and that was another thing that was really frustrating. I could never, uh, I guess, reach my full potential with someone holding me back saying that. We don't uh, do this here. You don't, you don't have to do that. I remember having one manager, because um, I, I would dress up in like a, like a two-piece suit every day, a pantsuit. Because if I'm going to work, I'm going to dress up. And he told me, he said, Tamika, you don't have to dress like that. Only if we're going to a meeting. That's the only time you have to dress like that. So so I learned pretty quickly that I probably should eventually go out on my own, but I didn't know what that was mm. for. So when I left my last position, I I took six months off. And you know what I did? I actually went to the beach every day. Really? So I said, I said, if pretty soon my money's gonna run out. So I probably should start actually looking for another job that was my first and that's that safety yes that safety zone comfort zone so i actually was looking for a job but guess what no one wanted to hire me because being a prior ceo people they kept asking me could i take orders or could i take Uh, direction and i said yeah i mean it's it's like i don't have an ego (laughs) i said i don't have an ego but but i just was like people I guess the way I know who I am and the way people saw me, they perhaps thought that it wouldn't work. Mm. So I was like, okay, I'll do my own. So then I said, oh, I'll do marketing. So I did that, but it never took off. And I thought about it. I said, well, I'm really good at nonprofits. I really enjoy nonprofits because nonprofits, they help make a difference in the community and people's lives. So I said, well, let me start by just helping the small guy, the small nonprofits, because I worked for a small and I worked for like a seven million dollar nonprofit. And I, I thank God that I did because they taught me how to run their nonprofit like a business. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people think, oh, it's just a nonprofit. We don't have money. No, it's a business. (laughs) It's a business. So when you change that mindset, and then I ran a smaller nonprofit, and I was in charge of the the operations, the finances, uh, writing the grants, raising the funds, recruiting the volunteers, managing that. I, 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 I had my organization running so smoothly, I had a waiting list as to people who wanted to volunteer. Whereas most organizations, they are begging for volunteers. 
So I, I learned the back end of the, the business side. And I said, oh, nonprofits. So I started off with one client. I had one client. And, you know. How did you find that client? Uh, I, I introduced someone introduced me to them at a networking event. Mm. So you so, started networking uh, before you had a business? I, I always networked. Always networked. Always networked. Mm. Always believe in uh, being a lifelong student. Um, always professional development. Always meeting more people. And not necessarily meeting people to see what they can do for me. I always try to find what I can do for them. I have always tried to be of service. I'm a former yes. Rotarian. And, um, you know, I think I probably charged $25 an hour mm-hmm. and, but it was just, it was just, okay, I'm, I'm doing this. And then I started gaining momentum and I started gaining my confidence. I'm like, okay, there is a need mm-hmm. for what I do. And then from there, it's just started growing. Snowballing. It's, yeah. It's just started smo- snowballing. It just started growing. And, and here we are today. Um, there are no borders. I have a client in Miami, um, working on one in New York, um, Ohio, so Naples, Fort Myers, and we just continue to grow. I just brought on a business development person to procure speaking engagements for me and so forth so on. So opening this podcast lounge, I wanted one for myself, but I knew I didn't want to do it from home. It would be boring. Right. So having a platform for not only myself, but opening it up, up to the community and my clients, as well as other nonprofits and other entrepreneurs to record their own podcast. They don't have to invest in the equipment. It's here. Um, so here That's we are That's great. Today. I mean, you mentioned you know, this one person uh, that got you a new client from networking. Mm-hmm. And now you are here now, uh, you know, still building your business and you open up this podcast. And I think there's a plethora of opportunity to, uh, through that as well mm-hmm. because you're killing a few birds in one stone. Right. Um, you know, you have people that's going to be uh, coming in you know, through here, you know, like a revolving door, and mm-hmm. that's going to lead to more opportunity. Right. It's going to be more awareness to not only the podcast, but also more awareness to your business and things like that. And listen, I commend you. This is, um, you know, you have a, a great story. Um, are you planning on writing a book one day? Oh, absolutely. I actually, actually have a book that's finished. It's 12 chapters. It's how to create a sustainable nonprofit. But I, I, I'm very bad. I really need to go through it and edit it I had a coach and he got a full-time job but um I always work best if I hire someone to work you know work with me so but yeah I do have a book that is how to create a sustainable nonprofit, and we start from the beginning so I have that and then there's also a book that's been on my heart that I have notes it's from South Central to the boardroom so it's my journey okay. from growing up in the 70s in South Central and then moving to Southwest Florida to the boardrooms and, you know, climbing the, the, the corporate ladder and being successful. So, so that journey coming from a, a family of seven and um, the community that came to, that's, you know, it's kind of rare. Be, that's going to be inspirational. I mean, yeah. uh, you're going to inspire, um, you know, young black girls that look like you. Not only that, but you're also going to inspire uh, uh, females. Right. Uh, females right. in general in order to, um, you know, climb that ladder, you know, find a purpose and maybe go through a, a certain path. Mm-hmm. I think everybody needs that. And that's why, I, you know, I think, you know, having this podcast, Entrepreneurs on Deck, is, is good because um, we give people opportunity to uh, share knowledge, share information, and also to learn from what we're talking about and we're giving that opportunity and so we are doing our part for the community you know right 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 yeah so so um i just believe in in um, entrepreneurs 
uh, working together, partnering, and just sharing our knowledge, yeah. sharing information. Because, um, you know, in order to elevate, you have to delegate. And yes. just just like not, uh, you mentioned this earlier, not just creating yourself a job, actually creating a business, a business that, a system. that's scalable, that you can scale and eventually sell. Yes. So if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, my legacy can go on. Well, I don't want it to, it to end with me. So that's what I'm working on is wow. really scaling and delegating. So your legacy. My I mean, legacy. I, I mean, the, the writing of the book also uh, creates the legacy aspect, too. I think, I, think, I think all entrepreneurs have knowledge, wisdom, and information to offer to you know society and the community of entrepreneurship. So I think everybody that's in the game to uh, at some point write a book. Um, I even I myself uh, just on certain expertise I may have when it, when it comes to credit mm -hmm. I have this book called um, uh, Credit Design Secrets mm -hmm. um, you know how to you know, uh, you know add primary trade lines onto your you know, credit report so that way you can uh, start you know designing it so you can tap into that resource and maybe help yourself out as far as whether it's your business you know helping your, you know, your personal lifestyle um, I also have another book that I, that I want to put out it's called Life Beyond Just Living which has mm -hmm. a lot of connection with Life Designers, which is the company that I run, where we help I mean, working class Americans escape that harsh journey right. of achieving financial success. Right. right. Um, so I think, you know, uh, to be able to uh, uh, put information out there into the world, but not only for the world, but, you know, if you have kids and, you know, they're growing up, they have a blueprint mm -hmm. of, of, of your, you know, your movement so they can actually, you know, take it where you, where you left off at and continue. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so um, I think, uh, you know, you remind me of Oprah, you know, I'm watching the book right there. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're very inspired uh, and you are very inspirational. Thank you. And um, I know you are out here continue doing great things and I want to be a part of that strategy. Yes, yes. Let's let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get entrepreneurs on deck. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we're going to take a pause right now. This is Entrepreneurs on Deck. What's in your pitch deck podcast? Uh, this is Tamika Seaton. Am I getting it right? Seaton. That's right. Seaton. And, um, you know, how, how businesses uh, grow your nonprofit. And um, please tell us how to get in contact with you, how to be with you. Yes, yes. So get in contact with me to set up your free 30-minute consultation. You could text me at 239-293-2009. And visit my website at growyournon-profit.com. Again, that's growyournon-profit.com. And your IG, you have IG, TikTok. Are you TikToking nowadays? I'm a little too old for TikToking. I, I leave that <laughs> for the next generation. But I, I am on a Facebook and I have also have a Facebook group, Grow Your Nonprofit. Join that as well as like and um, follow me on Facebook. And I do have Instagram actually under my name, Tamika Seaton. Okay, well, I'll be following and I'll be hollering. Yes, follow and holler. Follow and holler. All right, so we're going to end it right there. We're going to come back uh, with our next guest. Uh, Chad is a financial advisor. And listen, if you are just getting into entrepreneurship, uh, this should be good for you. If you're not into entrepreneurship and you're just an uh, average individual or just an individual just out here, uh, you want to know how to uh, stay or sustain yourself in this day and age that we got going on here. There's a lot of recession going on. There's a, <laughs> a lot of, uh, you know, uh, anxiety going on where people are worrying about money and, and not having enough. So uh, this gentleman is going to help us out, figure the future out. All right. So with that being said, uh, music, please.